Thank you for listening to the Starburns Audio Podcast Network. We have so many great comedy shows to add to your playlist. Just last week on Starburns Audio, on New Player Has Joined, Keith and Jesse talked to Dr. Christopher Hale about getting involved with the Sister District Project. They also discuss fascism and gaming and Echo the Dolphin. On The Boogie Monster, Dave Stone and Kyle Kinane talk about exploration and treasure hunting, the protests, and redefining policing. On Office Hours Live, Tim Heidecker, DJ Doug Pound, and Vic Berger are joined by Thundercat and Z from Black Socialists in America. Listen to this episode to find out how you can help Office Hours raise funds for the Black Lives Matter Global Fund. Search Starburns Audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast platform for a full list of our shows. Featuring hosts like Monet Exchange, Bob the Drag Queen, and Amanda Seals. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Starburns Audio. Enjoy the show. And remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep laughing. Did you hear the news? Metro PCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long. All on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4DP. Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions. Oh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Steve A.G. Uh, episode number 50 something. We're close to 60. I know that I sitting here in my kitchen recording this. I have no idea what number it is. I could have checked, but um, I'm a scatterbrain. I really am a scatterbrain. This is probably the 15th attempt at recording just an intro for this podcast. Um, My brain is not operating today. Maybe it's because I just went and had acupuncture done. Maybe they uh, hit. A nerve or something that's connected to my brain the part of my brain that handles speech I don't know it it really my brain is not working well today Um, and now I'm starting to sweat because I'm at that point where uh, I I just want to get through one of these intros I'm tired of screwing them up and I'm over explaining this terribly right now so uh, let's keep going if you're if you're an Amazon shopper if you're a web shopper uh, and you want to go buy something at amazon.com why not use the portal the link the button on the feral audio website on their homepage or if you're uh, listening to this on my link from the feral audio page you can also click the Amazon portal go do your shopping buy whatever you want Maybe uh, buy season one of You're the Worst or The Wolf of Wall Street or The Newsroom. Why would you do that? What do all these have in common, Steve? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because my guest today, Aya Cash, was on all of these shows. There's the through line. 
So if you're doing some shopping and uh, you want to go do it at Amazon, click the link on our page. You don't pay anything extra, but the artists, the starving artists at Feral Audio see a little smidge of that. And uh, maybe you can put coffee in someone's cup. (laughs) I don't know, uh, but it's much appreciated. Let's let's trudge on before I have to scrap this and start another intro. Um, my guest today, as I said earlier, is the very talented, uh, terrific Aya Cash, um, who I met when I guest starred on season one of You're the Worst. And I think I made our relationship even stronger when I guest starred in season two of You're the Worst. Uh, They're starting season three right now. I have no word on whether I'm not, whether or not I'm coming back. So uh, our relationship might get weaker. Uh, Who knows? I doubt it because I is uh, I is one of the good ones. And uh, I had a lovely time going to her house in the hills here of Los Angeles and uh, chatting with her for an hour. Um, I want to thank Aya personally for doing that. I left my sweatshirt at her house. This is a little behind the scenes trivia. Left my sweatshirt at Aya's house. Um, And not as an excuse to get ass back uh, because quite frankly, her house is tiny. It's a hobbit house. It's not built for someone who's six foot six. Trust me. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. My brain is fried. Um, so let's just get into it. Also, uh, a couple plugs coming up. Actually, only one plug. My monthly show, Baked, that I uh, co-host with the very talented Brendan Small, will be happening this month, the end of this month. I believe it's the last Saturday of June uh, at the Hollywood Improv Um off the top of my head again, I don't know. God, I'm a scatterbrain. But you can uh, follow us on Twitter and get updates on our show. It's just at Baked Live. And uh, you can get all the info you need to know. Let me stop rambling. It's been four minutes of this. Let's get into this wonderful episode with my buddy, Aya Cash. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. When was the last time you self-taped? Oh, God. Like, a couple months ago? I helped a friend do one yesterday, and (laughs) he had to play Hitler. (laughs) So we're in my apartment, and it's warm. The weather's really nice out right now in L.A., so I had, like, all my windows open. And it's, like, a small apartment complex. Mm -hmm. And he's in my fucking apartment yelling, like, like, And it's a comedy, but he's like, Seagull! He's like, goddamn Jews. I'm just like, oh my God. Like, easily you could hear it. I know for a fact that, like, my building was built in the 20s. And so there's, like, not a lot of insulation. And I I can hear my neighbors talking just as loud as we're talking right now, very quietly, (laughs) clear as a bell. And he's fucking screaming, Sieg Heil and. Goddamn Jews. And he's also got a mustache. Like, I thought it would be funny if we actually put Uh a mustache on him. Yeah. And he did that sweaty Uh swoop of his hair down his forehead. And then uh, we did two scenes and I was like changing my battery or something. And he had to go make a phone call. And he walked outside of my building and he 
had forgotten he had Hitler. <laughs> and he's like walking around and he's like, came in. Oh my God. I, oh my God. He looked in the mirror. He's like, oh my God. I just met your neighbors. <laughs> Because they were like, oh, no, like, it sounds like some some terrible shit is going down there. Let me check. And they're like, yeah, no, it's absolutely right. He's Hitler. (laughs) Hitler has been time warped. Uh, But yeah, I I hate self-taping. I deeply hate them. I hate them. I recently said to a casting director who was like, oh, we're moving offices. We're not sure where we're going. I was like, please, God, still be in office because I can't. I can't self-tape. I've never booked off a self-tape. I've done probably never. 150. I've gotten a couple of tests, but all with all yeah. with people who already knew me. Yeah. So I like, could get over the fact that I had a shitty self-tape. My husband threatens to divorce me every time we make one. Like, there are tears. Yes, that's the other part it's is horrible. you need another person to read with you. I've had people who will record themselves reading the other side of the conversation and then hit play on the computer. But then you have to have it perfectly timed out. And I hate bugging my friends. I'm always like, what are you doing tomorrow? Do you want, I, I never say, do you want to help? Cause of course they don't want to. I never want to. You gotta be like, what's, what are you up to? The answer is nothing. Then you'd be like, great. Help me with my <laughs> yeah. self tape. My friend, I had just been in port. I got back from Portland yesterday afternoon after a week and I just wanted to order food, watch game of Thrones and then go to sleep. And he's just like, Hey, can you help me put, put this on tape? And I couldn't really think of an excuse. I mean, I could have just said, no, I just have been in Portland. I'm tired. I'm going to start getting Kether to do them because apparently Kether, the last three people she self-taped have booked the job. No. And she makes you do it like 75 times. Really? Can you imagine Kether just yelling at you? No, no. not good enough. No. Apparently. <laughs> apparently work. I mean, she, she really has a good track record. So I'm going to try her and try to save my marriage. I, <laughs> I, a few years ago, I think I've talked about it. It's on the podcast before, but it's an amazing story. So I'll say it again. Uh, was Who asked, listens to every episode anyway? Right? You'd be surprised. <laughs> I, um, uh, I was asked to put myself on tape for that last Zach Braff movie, you know, the crowd funded one that he did. And mm-hmm. uh, it was for like a Jewish doctor. And I was like, this should be an old Jewish guy, not me. And, and so I just didn't do it. And then like a week later, my agent was like, hey, where's that tape? And I go, I'm not going to do it. It's not, it's, I, I'm totally wrong for it. And he's like, they did the whole shit where it's like, well, you got to at least do it. So the casting director is aware of you and, and you're fresh in their mind. I was just like, I don't think that ever works, but I knew I wasn't going to get this. So what I did was I actually shot the scene with like coverage Mm -hmm. and music Mm -hmm. and like A-list actors. Mm -hmm. Like I got Sarah Silverman to play Zach Braff's like (laughs) sister. Ellen Page played Zach Braff and they're visiting me in the hospital. And then we cut to the other scene and like Ellen Page is in a little old man mustache laying in the hospital bed dying. And Sarah is a nurse. And you're making fun of Zach Braff's movie while auditioned for it. No, I wasn't making fun of the movie. I was just more making fun of the fact that I'm never going to get this. Yeah. So I'm going to shoot it the way I want to shoot it. Uh-huh. And then, uh, 
it's so fucking horrible. I like I put music at the end of it and like bloopers, <laughs> and <laughs> and we sent it off. And uh, Sarah actually got an email from him saying he thought it was hilarious, but I was wrong for it. And they hired an old Jewish guy. I'm like, uh, duh. You also, I love that you got your feedback through Sarah Silverman. <laughs> yeah. I would like someone to filter my th- feedback. I would like someone like, who's like a good friend, who's also like got a good sense of humor to yeah. always get my feedback and like translate it into the equivalent of too young and too pretty. Like, yeah. I don't want to hear anything else. So <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like the, I don't, I honestly wonder how many people ever see the tapes. I know for a fact that like casting because I sure. audition out of New York all the time because I live there yeah. and um, I know for a fact I've I've gotten jobs because I was in LA two months later with the same audition that they hadn't cast yet and they never watched my tape from New York and then I got casting them later. never saw it uh, or the producers produce or... I don't I don't know exactly I I find it and I also think like when you put too much I stop doing the like real effort into self tapes. Um, which is maybe why I don't book them. But I, I mean like the, like I had an audition for, uh, what was that movie with Jason Siegel and Emily Blunt? Um, Oh, the engagement. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I remember there's like two weird Jason Siegel stories that I can't remember. One, I was supposed to chemistry read with him and I couldn't go. I think this is the one. And I, um, uh, printed out photos of him and made out with them. Like, and I did like a whole thing, like with different photos See, of Jason Siegel. Cause I'm supposed to like, we're supposed to have like a shroomed out full disclosure. I never saw that movie. <laughs> like a shroomed out sex thing. I can't uh-huh. remember. Um, uh, and I was like, oh, so like basically they want to see, I can't go to a chemistry read. How do I show I have chemistry with someone? And I did all that. I think I ate one of the papers and then just never heard anything. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I look crazy. I, another one I had, you, you often as a non-famous person get auditions that are like, here's five roles that like yeah. are all around your age. Yeah. And so I cut together. We're like sitting in a circle having dinner, all the girls. With so I all cut the people. all of me. As like yeah. me doing every single line in the scene. That's great. No, I n- never heard a damn word. <laughs> because you hear the T.J. Miller story of like he auditioned for Yogi, Yogi Bear with the real bear. And you're like, that's great. And then you either get pegged as a crazy person or a genius. And I think I went crazy person. I would do that in a second. That's a, I, Next time I have to do that, I'm going to play every part. Like uh, the clumps or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I hope it works better for you than it does for me. It's never, I've never booked anything off a tape either. Oh, cheers. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking my recorder just exploded. I'm I'm so paranoid now that I I keep every every two minutes, I'm going to keep checking, but it looks like it's still recording. Um, uh, Chris Gear books everything off self-tape. He lives in Manchester and has no problem. Des books off. I just, I'm very happy to meet someone who also. What was, by the way. Yes. We're here with Aya Cash from Year of the Worst. <laughs> I, and I always say this, but everyone knows that already because they clicked the link to listen to this. Mm-hmm. So there's no surprises. But um, uh, what was I, I know a little bit about your audition mm-hmm. for Year of the Worst because I remember, I don't remember where I was, but I was with Steven and he was talking about the new show that he was doing for FX and they were having trouble with the female lead 
and I, I, I'm, it's now muddy because it's been like three years or so, and he's like, there's someone I really want, and it's a huge pain in the ass. It's, mm-hmm. it's becoming really tough to get her, but it was you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, obviously you <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> I got the part. I got it. But how was that a self tape as well? No, I mean, I obviously was, not. If you booked it. Yeah. Well, it was, a, it was many auditions. So I was in LA playing Cal Penn's like burdened wife, on a sitcom where I said like one to five lines per episode, but I would fly into LA, say my five lines and leave. I was also doing a play in New York. So, um, so I was doing that and I came to shoot my day and, uh, happened to have the audition for you're the worst then. So that's when I, um, auditioned for Steven and we'd met a year before on a different project and, you know, we had the same sunglasses on and we were both from San Francisco and liked each other. That's right. Um, and then again, I came back for another episode of that sitcom and had my second audition. And then I was doing the play and they, uh, flew me out to test, you know, like one of those, like flying in the morning, fly out in the evening. Um, and I got home and they were like, you didn't get it. And I was like completely devastated. And, um, and then, but they were like, but they're not releasing you. And I was like, well, what? I was like, I've been, and I've been there before. You theoretically haven't gotten it. Yeah. They were like, they said no, but they won't let you go. And I was like, okay. And so it turns out FX just said no. Didn't think that I was the right person for it. Steven was like, well, I do. So, um, what can we do? And he was coming to New York to shoot his oranges in a black episode. That's right. And he retaped me in the offices. Part of it was like, that's right. That's what he told me. Yeah. He was like coming to New York and they, I remember like I had to get a bang trim. They were like more Meg Ryan, which was, I, I was like, which decade? Um, <laughs> but like, they just wanted me a little softer. It was like a very, um, I had like messy lipstick and was eating muffin and like my, you know, like <laughs> dripping eyeliner right. and like leather skirt, which is what I thought was right for the character. And they were like, just show us that you can be like soft and cute. And I was like, have you guys read the script? Yeah. No, but they wanted to make sure that you can do both because it does, yeah. you know, there are moments of that. And if you don't see any of that, you don't trust that, that, you know, someone they were worried about likability. I think this yeah. is all, you know, um, most of it. Oh, here comes Josh. He can be on the podcast. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. Um, Anyway, we retested. It went fine. I told Steven, like, this is really nice of you, but, you know, the network doesn't want me. You're not going to get me. So good luck. I'm thinking of opening an antique shop. And um, and then he, he I got a call. But I got it. Um, Jesus, that's it's the worst. It's the worst career <laughs> choice, and I've made horrible career choices. Like I wanted to be an artist. I went to mm-hmm. art school, got a degree in painting, which I, the day I graduated, I have not picked up a paintbrush <laughs> since. I was in bands. I was like, oh, maybe I'll be a musician. Mm-hmm. Like I've made every red flag of a career choice and then finally I was like eh, I guess acting will you know off. I mean I'm so, I 
I find it incredibly painful and all the rejection. I'm still not good at it. I'm not no, like, me neither. you just have to have a thick skin. I was like, well then, um, oh well, cause I just, I don't. And it doesn't get thicker over time. And <laughs> if anything, it gets like m- more painful over time it fe- because there's suddenly pressure. Like I, I yeah. feel bad. I'm like, oh, I'm not the thing that you wanted. And when now you're I'm getting older and you're like, I, I think I said this on the last podcast it, to Bruce, I was like, I'm in my forties now. I like, I can't go back to college. Yeah. I'm not going to pick out a new, I'm very lucky. I mean, I work enough to pay rent, but I'm like, there are years where I am like, like last year I wasn't working. I was so fucking terrified. I was like, I I think I've made the hugest fucking mistake. And then this year's, you know, way better, but it's the most unstable, terrifying Industry, Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the only, my, my agent, who's actually a good human, shockingly said to me once, um, believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, he's like really like a nice guy. And he said to me once, he's like, it's part of your job to be unemployed. Like that's part of your job. It's figuring out how to like manage your anxieties yeah. when you're not working and also like be productive. And, you know, it's, it's not like you're not working. You're just working for free because you're auditioning and you're trying to get work, but it's, <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I hate my job. Your job is to audition, which but you is know true. What? Like that, that's just the reality. It's and that's like such a weird, yeah. and so many other people would listen to this and be like, shut the fuck up. It's your job to be unemployed. I want my job to be unemployed. Like <laughs> yeah, the unemployed part doesn't pay the bills. Yeah, but even when it does, it doesn't lessen. Like, I make a good living now on this show. Who knows what yeah. happens after this show? Probably nothing. But um, but it it doesn't lessen the, like, anxiety about it or the feeling of, I, I need structure. I'm just, like, someone who needs to go to work and do something. Yeah. And then instead of, like, doing good in the world, I sit on my ass and, and feel bad. Uh, and I need to be better at that. I need to like do something with my downtime. So what was the Cal Penn show that you were flying out for? <laughs> it was called We Are Men. It got canceled after two episodes. Oh, I remember. Yeah. But they were super nice to me. It was like a, I had been trying to leave the business and my agent was like, um, I'm, I'm, oh, then I'm you don't want this straight offer for a sitcom. And I was like, just kidding. I'm back. <sighs> Um, so I did that, um, and it was, it was a very nothing part, but, um, it was a really nice group of people and I paid my bills. I mean, they were paying yeah. me, you know, whatever minimum is for a comedy, $4,500, to show up for a you day. Know, a day was it sing- so it was single camera. Yeah. I can't imagine. Cause I was just in Atlanta and had to. I just got into Atlanta. I was going to Atlanta to shoot something. And when I got there, my agents called and said, Oh, in two days, they want you to fly back to LA to do an episode of New Girl. And I'm like, Why don't they? F-? They never give me notice. It's always like, Oh, we need you Thursday of this week. Mm-hmm. Like you're, I mean, usually I don't have anything going on. <laughs> and I'm like, All right. But I was in Atlanta and I, I don't like flying. I'm terrified of flying. I'm a giant. So flying isn't great for me. And I get sick really easily when I fly. And I, and I was so exhausted 
from flying out there and then working like long days. And then it was like, okay, you're going to work on Friday. You're going to do new girl Friday. And it was my, it was my birthday too. It's Friday. (laughs) It's your birthday. You have to, so you have to take a red eye from Atlanta. As soon as you're done shooting Mm -hmm. middle of the night, fly back to LA, land at LA at like three, three, three 30 in the morning. And then your call time is 7 a.m. So you have to get up at like 6 to drive through traffic to Fox. This sounds like horrible shit to complain about. But it's... I was so fucking tired and just like... And it literally... The the stuff I do on New Girl is 15 minutes of work. Mm -hmm. I'm always the joke at the end of a scene. Like Mm -hmm. someone's talking. Mm -hmm. And then for a whole scene. And then the camera turns around and it's Mm -hmm. me they're talking to. And I say one line. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I, flew, I flew out. I got so sick too. Oh. And like every and that weekend, like the whole cast on this other thing I was shooting, like had a big dinner because everyone was out there, and I was just like, I was so sad. And, and there's way worse problems to have. I know because <laughs> I was working, but uh, I but can't flying imagine flying to fl- having to fly like yeah. weekly. Yeah. And I do, I still like, I'm jumping back to New York for 24 hours for an audition. Cause like, uh, you know, but I, because there's no excuse not to right now because I make enough money that I can do it. And like, I am not shooting those days. You don't want to put like, yourself on tape? I don't want to put myself on tape. You to tape you? <laughs> well, it's theater too, it's, oh. which is impossible to put on tape. So, you know, uh, I try to like jump, but I also don't have a fear of flying. I've been on planes with people who are f- afraid of flying and it's so painful to watch. And it, then, I, then I get scared. When I'm on a plane with someone who's afraid of flying <laughs> and like screaming during turbulence. Oh, I'm not, not that bad. Oh, I, I, I I've hold seen it all that in. and it's so painful and so, and you want to do something and then I start to be like they know something I don't know we're all actually all yeah, gonna yeah. die why am I no 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 this is it <laughs> we're already dead <laughs> yeah. I once I lived in New York in 90 like 9 I think it's 93 or 92 whatever year it was, I, I I'm horrible with years but I know it was whatever year David Letterman started at CBS Wow. Which I think was like 92 or 93. Um, So I was living in New York when that happened. And that's how I tell what year it was. (laughs) Um, But I flew out there with a girlfriend. We we just wanted to, and we just wanted to go to New York. I'd lived in, on the West coast my whole life and we had some time and we're just like, let's move to New York with no plans. We made no plans. We didn't know anybody in New York. We uh, flew out there without having a place to stay. And I was just like a little kid. So we get in a cab. I'm like, take us to Manhattan, (laughs) get a hotel that was so expensive. And like, this was before the internet. So we're just like looking every morning. We're looking through the through the newspapers for apartments and we'd call and they'd be like, Oh, we already rented it. Like, and this went on for like a week. And then finally a woman was like, yeah, I have someone coming to look in an hour. If you can be here before then you can have the apartment. So it was just, and it was an apartment that was half the size of this living room that Mm -hmm. we're in right now. It was so tiny and so expensive. I think we lasted like nine months in New York before we were both out. It was one of the best times. I had such a great time. I love New York, mm-hmm. but it was really expensive, especially for like a 22 year old kid and his 22 year old girlfriend. We're just idiots. We're just like, oh, let's go to New York. 
but it, oh, I, I know where I'm going with this plane. <laughs> on the on the when we left New York, I get on the plane and I was I was sick, and I was also scared to fly. So I get on the plane and I'm just really nervous, and I'm sweating, and I just feel terrible. And I'm sitting, my girlfriend's sitting on one side of me, and there's a Japan old Japanese lady sitting next to me, on the other side. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like tapping my feet, you know, nervously waiting for the plane to pull out of the gate. And this old lo- woman keeps looking at me and she was easily in her seventies. And I don't think she could speak any English. And she like tapped me on the leg mm-hmm. and, uh, and I just looked at her and she did that almost like that karate kid thing where Mr. Miyagi, <laughs> she rubs her hands together and then just grabs my knee and holds my knee. And I just went completely calm, didn't feel sick. It, I'm sure it's just a mental thing, but it was, and she's just smiling at me. And it was one of the best flights I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I, I, that's all I have to that I'm story, not, but it was I'm not super hippy dippy. Like I grew up around real hippy dippy, and so I sort of have an aversion to it. But I yeah. do believe there's some weird energetic shit that people have. Yeah, like I I do cranial sacral is like the hippy dippy thing that I do, where like they just like hold your head and sternum, and then like you feel like a sternum <laughs> coccyx. It's <laughs> a very different part of your body. They hold your coccyx, your <laughs> yeah, butt. Yeah, they like hold your butt. Like who? And they like a woman and she just like magic shit happens. I swear to God. Yeah. It's like so grounding. I feel like a different, I'm not a very in my body person. I didn't play sports. I wasn't a dancer. I didn't have like, like I'm all in my head and not in my body and like (laughs) nothing put, I just like walk down the street. Like I'm a fucking ballerina afterwards. Cranial what? Cranial sacral. And like they're energy people. They, they're dealing with your energy. Your spine has its own. I don't even want to get into this. No, I know people like, who do stuff, stuff like that you know? and like someone will just put their hands on them or something. And the, I've had friends who do it and they're like, I just started crying. Yeah. I just started sobbing. And I, I, I think there's that. something. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is. Or What made but, you start? Who'd you even hear about that from? Well, my dad, actually. My There's a woman that has been doing cranial sacral on my dad and my stepmom for like 20 something years. And so I went at 16 <laughs> Uh, like surly with like a backless t-shirt on because it was the 90s and like you know you just like cut, you cut the back out of your t-shirt yeah. and tied it up and yeah. that was a shit it was so bad and I was this in I San Francisco like, yeah I was in San Francisco and I remember she like was holding different parts of my body and I was like oh, this is so stupid and then I got a really bad headache and I was like, stop, no, during. And I was like, stop. And she was like, just bear with it. And I was like, no, you're hurting. Like something was really hurting. And I felt something pop out the top of my head and like this rush of energy come. And I was like, I was hugging her by the end. I was a very surly teenager. (laughs) Like my mother has video of me on Thanksgiving, giving her a hug. She goes, what can I do for you, sweetie? And I whisper in her ear, just kill me. (laughs) Like I was not Oh my God, this is on video? (laughs) Yes. So, and then I was like hugging this woman like and being like you're amazing thank you so much I mean it changed my whole and so I just trusted it from then on I fall asleep all the time during it do you see the same person 
Wait, you one, have a person if I'm in, in San LA? Francisco, I have a person in New York. I don't have a person in LA. But I've sent people to the person in New York as well because, like, I have a friend who has uh, Lyme disease, uh, and they've been incredibly helpful for really. This. Yeah, and it's so I weird because I feel would... like immediately like don't talk about this. This is silly, but it's actually great. No, and I so... love this kind of <laughs> shit. I wonder if that would help my vertigo. I've had vertigo for. Oof. Almost 30 years. I would try it. I mean, you'll see. I think different things also work for different people. And that's why this stuff is so sort of like woo-woo is because sometimes it doesn't work for people. Like some like yeah. Reiki might work for someone and not for another. Uh, acupuncture might work for someone I and not for another. But whatever works for you is like what you should be doing. Do you, you do any it. other stuff like acupuncture? No, I've only, I did acupuncture once in my 20s and was sort of like meh. But really? I fucking love it. I also started meditating last year. Oh, did you? And it's been incredible. Yeah, my dad's a Buddhist teacher. He teaches Vipassana. Yeah. Um, and my husband, who's upstairs, uh, meditates oh, every day. Oh, I didn't even know. He, he yeah, it was scooted so, by so quiet. Nobody has any idea. <laughs> um, he, uh, he has done a couple silent meditation retreats recently, and it's been great. Well, where you go and you're not allowed to talk for... Yeah. My, my dad has done it for like a month at a time. You don't read. No. It's not just I not know. talking. You don't read. Dude, you don't do anything. Dude, believe me, someone a few years ago s sent me a link to... A story that someone wrote about, uh, like one of those retreats, like someone was just like, I'm going to go to this retreat afterwards. I'm going to write about it. And I think it was like something like six days or a week, maybe 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was an, un I remember thinking who could not speak for that long. It was, it was a while and I was just reading it and it was, it looked Reading it was like reading the diary of someone slipping into madness, mm -hmm. like literally just like going fucking crazy from no human, like not being able to talk, not being able to read or write, mm -hmm. just being just be. quiet. Yeah, it's really intense. I, you know, I've never done it. Um, and it's interesting. Like, I have the desire recently to do hallucinogens again. I haven't done them in, like, 10 years or something. Mushrooms? Mushrooms specifically, yeah. 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 I, I do the ayahuasca, but I don't want to do it in L.A. You've <laughs> um, done ayahuasca? No, I've never done an ayahuasca. Oh, but I'm saying, like, I'd say. try that. But I don't want to, like, do it in, like, some house in the Hollywood Hills. So no, that's and unlikely. I, yeah, I know people that have done that. Yeah. And they're like, it was wild, man. It was... It's just not the thing that I would look for. Like, I never did... Tr I wasn't, like, take shrooms and party ever when I was younger either. It's like a yeah, spiritual, either. you know, thing. You do it in nature with people you love. And yeah. so I've been getting the desire to do that again. And it's funny because my dad is, like meditation's kind of the same thing. And when sure. I, uh, Josh, uh, watched Chelsea does, I watched that um, too, which, which she did I, I thought that whole program was amazing. Yeah. Um, and she does the ayahuasca and, uh, I was talking about, we, he said watching that, that, that he has similar experiences on retreat, that like that sort of like flow of like deep emotion. Has he done and ayahuasca? In, no. No, he hasn't done any of those. I'm so afraid to do it. Yeah. I've done mushrooms a bunch. Like, mm -hmm. I do them maybe once a year. Mm -hmm. It's been a little more than that because the older I get, the 
the worst that come down is for me for some. I find shrooms have no come. I mean, it, it's been a long time, but I remember the thing with shrooms was the come down was almost as good as the the trip because you just sort of felt clear and I used to be like that and now I feel really exhausted oh really I uh but I do like once a year I'll go out to Joshua Tree and do it and like I have a lot of friends out there and uh if you guys ever decide you want to go I can tell you where to go maybe I'll go with you guys like it is the best place to do mushrooms but um yeah, the older I get, the and I'm just, so maybe meditation's like the next thing for you if that's the kind of because like that, that's what I, my dad was into drugs for many years, not in a <laughs> bad way, in a like sixties seventies yeah, yeah. like you know yeah. he so he and he was very into like mind expansion and yeah. all that stuff. He possibly joined a cult when I was two, you yeah. know, like where he saw people levitate. So like he Whoa. was like into some crazy stuff and always really into like spirituality. He was a big Jew for a while. Now he's a Buddhist. Like it's just yeah. his thing. And he said that, that meditation, he gets to the same States that he used to get to on drugs. And now he can't even like have a square of chocolate. He'll, he'll ride his bike for 70 miles off a square of chocolate. That's how sensitive he is. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's, that's interesting to me. I guess I am more interested in the quick fix. I'm like, oh, I need to reset my brain. Like the way I, I think like being uh, in this business, sometimes you start to care about things that you don't actually care about. Or sure. you start to think things are important. That sure. You're like, wait, if I actually check back in, I don't think that's important. Why am I caring? And yeah. I think like I, that's why I've started to be like, oh, maybe I want to like do shrooms again. I just want to like switch it up and like have a different perspective on life for like six hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. And it's, I've always just, I like doing it just to see what your brain is capable of. Like growing up, you know, I never did it through high school or even really into college. You know, I was like maybe 19 or 20 when I was first, when I first did acid Mm -hmm. against my will, I was dosed and had never hallucinated before. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing things that aren't there that are as real as, you know, Mm -hmm. these flowers and like, after, even though it was the worst experience of my life afterwards, just being like, that is so amazing what lies inside your head, mm-hmm. inside your brain mm-hmm. that like, it's kind of amazing. And, and, and like later with shrooms, I found out, oh, it's a lot more easier to <laughs> deal with. Um, but yeah, it's, and it was similar with, uh, when I started meditation and I started meditation cause of depression, mm-hmm. um, you know, my dad passed away last year and I was like really at a low where I was started smoking just a ton of pot because mm-hmm. I thought that would help me deal with it. And it, I feel like <laughs> looking back, it was making it worse. Mm-hmm. The depression was so fucking bad. And a friend of mine recommended, you know, uh, meditation. And mm-hmm. I went to this guy and was just like, in like I mean I was immediately in I was like oh my god this is what I need and uh yeah it was a very similar kind of mental experience yeah you don't go to Noah do you no his name's Teo yeah there's a um guy out here uh Noah Levine uh, the Dharma punks uh he my dad was one of his teachers and he's sort of like an 
like a Buddhist, but you know, heavily tatted, been to jail kind of guy. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. and appealing to a certain kind. I mean, I think what is so. Uh, I don't even want to say our generation, just our culture right now, like is slightly, I feel like um, we all got to do it on our own. We all got to figure it out. And religion has become sort of passe and, and I'm not religious, but I, uh, you know, we're all looking for something to, to replace the sort of normal traditional societal things that have kept us sane, like religion. And, you know, so people are looking self-help and all that stuff, but it's still, sort of icky and sometimes someone who is like feels like everyone expects my dad to be like super like hello how are you and I remember a boyfriend meeting him and like he immediately made it a joke about how the Steelers were doing that season because he knew that guy like the Steelers and he was like what you know he's got a sense of humor and he's not you know living on a cloud (laughs) yeah when I met my teacher I was just like this is just a dude (laughs) like it's yeah. a dude who has problems and totally. you know has to pay rent and shit as well, but he's a dude who's been enlightened by another dude who's you know and um yeah, I guess it doesn't matter <laughs> what you do. It's just uh Did you see that documentary? It, I said Enlighten Me? No. I no. Can't Enlighten Up? Mm-mm. It's about a guy who um, is sort of very thinks guru stuff is stupid and he wants to debunk it so he makes himself a guru like takes a name no and like dresses a certain way and then like starts a like gets a following of yeah. real people and they document the whole thing and then reveals that he's not like Holy he's just made this shit up and it's really interesting because it's manip- I mean it's it brings up a lot of sort of moral issues on the other hand he was doing real good with what he was doing like sometimes people just need to believe they need to push it's, yeah. it's why like as dis- I'm sorry disgusting as Trump is like it's the idea that like someone has an answer that people are want to excited hear. about people don't want to think yeah. in grays they don't want to like they don't want to have nuanced conversations they just want like this is how we do it we're gonna build a wall yeah. great I mean it's so dumb but like we all are just so yeah. freaked out that yeah. we want someone to tell us I know and so you know this guy who just stands up and says I know he ended up doing good and then of course he reveals he's not a guru and his sort of spin on it is like the guru is in you like see it was you the whole time but it's also like he also did this thing like kind of as a joke to debunk you know spirituality so it's it's a complicated it's a good watch well i remember i would have those thoughts with with my teacher of being like you know they give you a a mantra Mm -hmm. and you're not allowed to even say it like you know the, the, my first day he gives me my mantra and he's saying it to me mm-hmm. and then I start repeating it and then he tells me to do it more quietly and more quietly until it's just in my head. Mm-hmm. And he's like, from now on, just repeat it in your head. Mm-hmm. Don't ever have to say it out loud again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, and then I'm, I'm talking to other people who've done it and I'm like, you know, and there's different mantras, but I'm just like, these people could be selling a load of shit where it's just one word. Like maybe my mantra is like Google. Mm-hmm. And then I say it to a friend. They're like, that's my mantra. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just like, your world's been mm-hmm. fucking. You Although know. 
life is what your thoughts make it, right? Yeah, exactly. Like that's, it's all how you see things. Yeah. And like, if it's helpful, who cares in a yeah. certain sense? Like if, does it really matter if everybody has the same word, if no. it's helpful to everybody? You know and what that's I mean? What I, like that, that dude in that documentary, I was like, I guess it doesn't really matter because I feel really good afterwards anyway. So yeah, but the manipulation and the fact that he was filming it is a—it's a comp. I think that's a really complicated thing that he did, but I do think it's fascinating. Is this on Netflix? I'm sure. Josh, do you remember the name of the documentary about the guy who makes himself a guru? Is it the Love Guru? <laughs> Okay, starts with a K is not helpful. <laughs> no, it actually starts with a K is the name of the... I don't know. I'll find it somewhere. I'll Google later. Uh, yeah, send I, it to sure me. And when I do yeah. the intro, I'll, I'll yeah. say... Um, yeah. Or I'll try and remember. I probably yeah. won't remember That's because right. I'm uh, an idiot. Kumare. 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 That's you weren't even name. close. You're right. Enlighten up <laughs> is something else. Enlighten up. Enlighten me. <laughs> Kumare. Uh, it was uh, The Love Guru by Mike Myers. Mm -hmm. Kumare. Hey, if you get something out of The Love Guru, then like more power to you. Um, I won't. Uh, Kumare. I've never even heard of it. Um, did he claim to be of a specific discipline of... I can't remember. He like had his own guru, though. Like he was like, I was taught by such and such... I mean, I saw it such a long time ago. I can't remember that. Yeah, that's what my guy was like. I was taught by so-and-so. I was taught by yeah. the guy who taught the Beatles, you know, the yeah. Maharishi. Is TM? It's Vedic, which is... Because uh -huh. TM costs a lot of money. Oh. Vedic is basically TM without the without price the tag. I, you know, that's what I think the difference between, like, religion, self-help, and cult is. Is, is how much money you got to put into, yeah. you know, but it's so complicated. I have a friend, um, who was, is still in a group that I won't mention the exact name of, but the it's, they get smart people. It's not the a Girl cult. Scouts. Well, it's not a cult. It's good for her, yeah. you know, like it makes her happy. So I'm all in support of that, but they do things like they're like, if you really cared about yourself, you'd, you'd buy the weekend, you know, when you go to the day, I know what if you're you really about. cared about yourself and the truth, there is some truth to that where it's like, if you make a commitment and you commit to doing something for yourself, but then on the other hand, like I'm giving you money and I find that I find it gets a little icky. I'm giving you money and you want more money. Yeah. And that like to put it all on you as like, oh, that means you don't care about yourself if you don't take our, our week long. And I was like, well, no, I just, I want to. Yeah. That's, I, I've felt that way about like me and my friends <laughs> used to get high and watch like Benny Hinn, you know, the, the healer. He's like a, I don't know. He's like a Christian faith healer. Like, mm -hmm. And he would be on like TBN or whatever, the Trinity Broadcast Network, you know, the Pat Robertson Network. Mm -hmm. And he'd have these fucking like stadiums full of people come to see him. And I'm sure they were all paying like $50 a ticket to come see this healer, you know, who healed in the name of God and then would have people come up on stage and like put his hand on their head and they're like, oh my God, I can walk it like that kind mm -hmm. of shit. This dude is rich beyond belief, has like private jets and, and just, you're like, if you can heal people, why don't you just 
drive to a hospital right now and yeah. go through the cancer ward yeah. and fucking heal everybody. Heal everybody. That would make way more people be like, who who are you doing this for? Oh, God, can you tell me more? Not, well, I paid $50 to see him. He's a rich asshole. It's so weird. There's there's another documentary which I can't remember the name of. Starts with uh, <laughs> starts with a about a guy who debunks um, magic and and those sort of things. He's Johnson. Like, it's he debunks magic. Johnson. Well, no, there's like uh, he um, he has a million dollar reward or something like that for anyone who can show him real mad. Like if he can't figure out how they, Oh it. wow. And it's like the healers and the, the, you know, people who claim to be telepaths or speak to the dead or yeah. just do like light their bodies on fire, you know, whatever it is. Um, and there, no one's ever, Oh my God, I'm upset. I yeah. want to see that. He was a magician himself. Um, what is it called? Did you, there was like... This is why I'm bad at trivia. I just did Doug Loves Movies. I can't like think of anything on the spot. It makes me so anxious. I can't either. Penn Penn and Teller just had a a TV show. I can't remember the name of either. (laughs) Uh, We we should be on a trivia team together where we just... uh, uh, You know that guy, it starts, it's maybe... That's why my podcast is called... uh, No, it was... uh, uh, it wasn't Penn and Teller bullshit. It was another one, but it was where they had magicians come on a stage mm-hmm. and they sat kind of like the voice or, you mm-hmm. know, American Idol. They sat in the audience and people would do tricks and then they would tell them how they did them. Yeah. But without telling the, they did it really well where they mm-hmm. weren't spoiling these people's mm-hmm. magic for the audience. Um, but they would figure out most all of the tricks that the, these magicians were doing. And if they couldn't figure it out, those magicians got to go open for them in Vegas. It mm-hmm. was, but I'm, I love magic. Yeah. You go to the magic castle a lot. I've never been. <gasps> no, Have really? You? Yeah. I, I've it's never like one been. of those things, especially if you don't live in LA. It, maybe it's like a I, there. I've never been to the Statue of Liberty in New York. But you haven't. No, <laughs> see, because you were in New York for nine months. No, but I went <laughs> before I even lived in New York. Well, but that's what I mean. Like if you were there for a short amount of time, you do that. If you live there, you don't. It's kind of like the Magic Castle. I was like, <laughs> I'm in. Castle. I'm in town. Yeah. I got an invite. I was doing a play, and it was with Jeff Goldblum. So they invited Jeff Goldblum, and then we all got to go. <laughs> Was it awesome? It was really cool, actually. I've always been like kind of weirded out by the fact that you have to go there with someone who's a member. Yeah. You have to wear a suit or a dress or whatever. Yeah. And I, I normally don't like that stuff either. Like anything like with a rope. I'm like, no, thank you. Wait, However, what do you mean a rope? I mean, like a red velvet oh, rope, okay. not like a, not like a tie me up rope. They hang you at the end. Um, no, I just like, I'm not into that stuff, but there's something like sort of old timey charming about it. And the fact that it's been there for a long time and you just like have to like show up in a gown and eat a shitty dinner with people you don't know. Yeah. No, I've never... Everyone I know that's lived in L.A. has been to the Magic Castle. I've just never been invited by any of my friends who've gone. So we're going to put it out on the podcast. If you're a member of the Magic Castle, please. Yeah, but not, if, but if you're not, a weirdo who I don't know, don't invite me. If you're like, me. Uh, like a nice 
person who's not obsessed with Steve, but who like thinks it's cool. I know a few magicians. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst sentence I've I ever said. I magicians. know a few magicians who perform there. I've never been... You can just ask them to ask you. Like, that's part of it, is you have to be like, hey, I want to go to the Magic Castle. That's probably the problem. I feel problem. like, do you know Eva? No. Eva, um, Eva Anderson, who writes on You're the Worst? Redhead? Oh, I know who she is, yeah. All right. Eva can get you in. She's a member? Is she I, a magician, she, too? I feel like her dad's a magician and like maybe she is too but doesn't bring it out at parties i can't remember if she is <laughs> but i know eva's got hidden talents man yeah. eva's doing like this crazy immersive theater thing that like is only for her like she's a she is a <laughs> subscriber to a theater company that comes and like does shit to her at her house or like makes her go on like adventures what? and takes her to a room and it's just her she is the only audience yeah it sounds insane and how many I don't know how many people, but there's like a group of kids. She says they're like probably in their early 20s. And she just signed up for this that random thing. That sounds so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, but that's like, that's what I love about Eva. She's just like, I'm Would down. Would you ever Let's do have that? An experience. No. That's But, but I'm so crazy. fascinated by her. Like, I want to be the kind of person who does it. But no, I wouldn't. My friend Tig made a short film where she plays a person who's super depressed. Mm-hmm. And so she goes into the phone book and basically hires a clown who goes to parties mm -hmm. to come to her house to cheer <laughs> her up. And it is fucking amazing. It sounds a lot like... Yeah, like immersive theater. I, I, get, I didn't know anything about like this. It's also like a flash mob or something coming into your house. And yeah, but like there's a whole like season. She's been doing it for a while. And then she's going to another immersive theater experience in New York. I don't really, I didn't know this that existed. That sounds so uncomfortable to me. I Have you ever done those, uh, like those murder mystery theaters where you... No, I tried to get a job at one once, though. I did one once, and it was the worst. We went to the Queen Mary mm -hmm. down in Long Beach. It was, was this huge, old-timey, Titanic-type boat mm -hmm. that's docked in Long Beach. Very famous. And uh, a friend of mine called me one night and he's like, hey, I, and I knew he was part of this dinner theater, like murder mystery where they would go to different mm -hmm. places and do these murder mystery things. And he's like, hey, we had a guy drop out. Do you want to make like $200 and go down to the Queen Mary and do this murder mystery theater? And mm -hmm. I, against everything in my judgment, I said yes even though I didn't want to, I just needed the money. This was like 15 years ago. I was like, fine. And it was one of, the, and it was for high school. It was like their, not their prom, but it was some big event at this high school. Mm -hmm. So like, there's just a bunch of high school kids in this like ballroom on this ship and they're there for dinner. And, um, and so our job is to go, and these kids have no idea there's going to be a murder mystery thing. So this was obviously the idea of a teacher who thought it would be cool. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing it for 150 kids who in no way think this is cool. And what it was is we are the staff on the boat. Like I, and I was the first one to have to go into this. I'm dressed as one of the fucking wait staff. I walk in. And they're like, Steve, just 
just start going around to different tables and interacting with the kids and but you're kind of a bumbling idiot and I was just like so uncomfortable so uncomfortable going up to tables going hey can I get you kids something to drink and they're like uh yeah I'll have a coke I'll have a coke too I'll have a coke all right five waters and they're like or I'll just have to sit at the table with them and I can see in their eyes how uncomfortable they are that this fucking jackass and they still don't know there's a murder mystery thing going on <laughs> and then uh at one point I <laughs> extracted myself I was like all right I'm gonna go get your drinks and I went out of the room and I locked myself in a fucking closet <laughs> I didn't go out for the whole rest of the murder mystery thing because I was so embarrassed the things we do for money. I was once an elf at a Mannheim steamroller concert, but not like not and not like a sexy elf, like a floor right. length, red cheeked, giant hat elf. <laughs> that I walked around a Mannheim steamroller concert. I actually did it two years in a row for a hundred bucks, and there were some people in um, steamroller was playing in the same place. Two yeah, years in Minneapolis when I was in school and. There were like snowmen who couldn't see out of their suits and like couldn't pee alone. So they had like little like walkers too for the snowmen. Like it was so horrible. But I met my college boyfriend that way. He was leading a snowman around. It is horrible, the yeah. show that we do. Yeah. I also worked at Noodles and Company where you can't accept tips. You make $7 an hour and you can't accept tips. They put it in the party jar, but really the managers just take it. I worked at a lot of different places. Oh, what was your first? What was your first good gig that you were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I'm uh, a professional." Oh, I thought you meant like, what was your first like? N no, no, but good like, wager? and I was like, actually, <laughs> your great, your first like acting gig that you're like, "Holy shit, this is like legit." I was pretty lucky that like I went to school in Minneapolis and didn't have like grandiose dreams about Hollywood or Broadway. Like I wanted to work at Oregon Shakespeare Festival or like those were like I used the to live big there. that was like the big shit to me and working at the Guthrie or working at Utah Shakes. So when I really got to celebrate every job, like every job I I'm sure like some people would have been embarrassed by some of the jobs that I did. You know, I did Hamlet in Roanoke, Virginia. That was like an hour long Hamlet that was for, but I was so proud yeah. to be working yeah. as an actor and, you know, being paid. I did great river Shakespeare festival right out of school. And I did that for two years, um, in Winona, Minnesota. Did you summer. ever go to Ashland? I, I mean, I went as a, as Just a to kid to, uh, to see the shows, but I never ended up doing it. And I got the acting company the same week that I got my first agent, which was my real dream to like nice. travel around in a van and like, you know, go do Shakespeare <laughs> for people. I mean, like th this was like the pinnacle to me. That was it. And the, my agent was like, you have to turn it down. Like you can't go out of town. And I turned down the acting company and I didn't work for oh, no. seven out of the eight month contract. Oh, I didn't work. God. I was just a waitress full time. And I was so upset that I turned it down. And then the very end, like right before I would have been coming back from tour, I got the job that like changed my life. Um, I got my equity card at Playwrights Horizons doing a show called the pain in the itch, which is still one of the best plays I've ever done. Wow. And, um, and it just like got me in rooms and started to like, you know, I was still a waitress for a couple of years after that, but at yeah. least I was working and at least I could like get auditions and things like that. I have so much respect for people that do theater. I've 
I've only done like two, two or three plays in my life, and it nothing is more terrifying to me than having to memorize so much dialogue. And I am horrible with. I mean, I'm not horrible. I can memorize stuff pretty fast. It's just retaining it for mm-hmm. me. That's. Well, it's a different part of your brain. Like I have friends who are on soaps and yeah. they, I couldn't believe what they would memorize. They'd memorize 40 pages in a yeah. night yeah. and they, and our friends who are on uh, soap were like, it's just a different part of your brain. It goes into short term memory. I couldn't tell you a line versus right. like, I could probably still say some lines from plays I did, you know, 10 years ago because they are, it's in your long-term memory in a different way. Cause you're rehearsing right. so much and getting it in that way that they stay with you. I can also still say the newsroom because I had to work so hard. To oh, that's right. That where, was that Will, was... where was Will McAvoy when Goldman sold its clients mortgage related securities without disclosing that the hedge fund manager who chose those securities were betting on them to fail? I mean, like Holy literally shit. that was three years ago, but that's the kind of shit. That's what theater is, right? It goes into your brain because you have to learn it yeah. so well versus like, I can't even tell you. We, we memorize before we go to you're the worst. Like we don't, there's not a lot of like on set day being like, okay, how does this work? We're all pretty prepared, wow. but it's not in my brain in the same way that like three or four weeks of rehearsal will put something in there. And then to add Shakespeare to that, which is. But Shakespeare is structure, right? So like the reason I used to love Shakespeare so much, and I do think it's more fun to do than to watch these yeah. days, yeah. um, is that there's like a very clear cut set of rules. There's a right way to do it. It's not that there that it, there's only one way to say it, but if you do your homework, if you beat things out, if you look up, you know, the words and the structure of the sentence and you go by this, the, the, um, the period there means this. And the, I mean, there's so much, there's so much that is like, this is just the way to do it. That's yeah. how you are supposed to, this is how this expresses best. Yeah. Whereas in contemporary stuff, it's there's who knows. I moved to Ashland, Oregon in two, in 1990, I think seven mm-hmm. or eight. It was either 97 or 98 with a girlfriend and it was a different girlfriend and it was another similar, like, let's take a year off of LA and just mm-hmm. go somewhere. And I was like, well, I can't go back to New York. <laughs> and we just started driving North. We ended up in Ashland and I'd been there a couple times with the other girlfriend that I had gone to, uh, New York with her family was from Sacramento and they loved going to Ashland. And so that was the f- my first time was going with their family. And, uh, that is pretty phenomenal. Like, yeah. that's like some amazing Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many great plays uh, there, but I, I can't imagine, still can't imagine doing it. But you could, like, it's intimidating. It's when I first started doing film and TV, I was like, how does anyone do this? This is so hard. It's just a different thing. And it's more in your head than anything else. Like, it's more you being like, I can't do that. Because it seems scary. It's definitely all in my head and a fear of, you know, my therapist (laughs) has said that my big, one of my big issues is, uh, well, I'm a a control issues. Mm -hmm. I like to be in control and I also embarrassment, which is weird as a comedian. Yeah. I was about to say, cause I'm I'm fascinated. I'm constantly embarrassing myself as a comedian, but it's more the control issue of like, if I'm in a play and f- just the the thought it's never happened when I've done plays, but like the thought of 
there's a possibility I could forget my lines and this is live and there's an audience. And so you don't get a second chance like in TV. If I fucking forget my line, I can, I can just go, uh, can we go back? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Except, so here's why I'm confused and I'm fascinated by standups because I, it, and, and like UCB and I'm on a comedy, so I get invited to do a lot of this sure. stuff. And then yep. I'm like the least funny person in the room because there's all these like amazing standups who I, like, I just getting up and it's just you telling stories and telling jokes and like people may not laugh it's horrible. is horrible versus like you mess up a line on stage. You just keep going. You just do something else. I've had people, I mean, everybody's messed up on stage. I had a guy on stage completely go up once and just say, so what are your hobbies? Like not like a completely off script. And we found our way back and it was Jesus fine. Christ. Like it's all okay. Like everyone sort of, that makes my hands sweat thinking about that. It's terrifying, but it also gets you super focused. In some ways, like, it keeps you, and if you're doing a long run and something goes wrong, it's, like, the best show that you're going to have because you're all of a sudden just super present to the moment in the way that you want to be. But, like, on stage, you're doing oh, jokes and bombing, and people, I have such a, it's just, like, It's the worst. I have a, a total love-hate relationship with it. And I, my first play, the first play I did, I was, like, 17 or 18 was uh it was in my hometown of riverside it was like community theater and i did uh christmas carol and i fucking there was like and it ran for weeks and i remember a few times of just being in the middle of a scene and all of a sudden in my head i was still doing the scene but in my head also and i'm like oh I haven't been paying attention at all mm -hmm. for what seems like five minutes. And I've still been saying the words, but I've been like staring at a wall or the guy's fucking weird eyebrows. And like, and that terrifies me. It's like, oh, oh my God, that's almost like driving off the road, not paying attention. Yeah, but the truth is nobody knows. So that's the best. Like, I remember I saw... Uh, had a gabbler at the Guthrie and afterwards the actress was talking about like, oh, I was kind of doing grocery lists in my head tonight. And we were like, what? I mean, yeah. that's just the truth is that, you know, yeah, sometimes your mind wanders, but that's why you have rehearsal for so long in order to get everything just in you so that if, you know, you go on auto autopilot for a second, it's okay as long as you get back. Also as a hypo, this is just me complaining mm -hmm. about place. As a hypochondriac, one of my fears of plays is like committing to a play is the fucking length of time you, you are committed to doing a play. Like I know people have done plays that have ran for fucking forever and I can't fathom doing what is it? Eight shows a week mm -hmm. for two years. Like, well, I can't, I've never done that. I've been doing theater for 11 years and what's the longest run you've done? Like four months. That's still crazy. Maybe, maybe three and a half. I mean, I do mostly off Broadway. I work mostly in new plays now, or you do like a summer thing. You know, it's not the same. I, 
like if you're doing a long running Broadway musical or something like that, like I feel the same way. I'm like, that sounds really horrible. And I, the part of the reason I think we're in the business we are is because we like to change things up. I like to do new things, you know, <laughs> otherwise, why would we deal with the insecurity? You know, yeah. when the, the job, you know, in 2008, when the market crashed, you know, everyone's like, oh, I don't know when my next job is. And I was like, well, that's what we do all the time. So we're used to it. We're sort of I better know. at like, oh, shit I'm out of work now it's all so of a weird when a friend of mine who isn't an actor is like oh yeah I just got laid off I'm like so get another I'm <laughs> like that's every that's five times a year for me yeah. I'm like do you realize how many W2s I get in a year because I've done 20 fucking jobs yeah every set I every time I walk onto a set it's like here's your paperwork and you're yeah I've done so much paperwork but we're good at that thing, you know, so even though it makes us crazy and anxious, like there's obviously something about it that we like and want because yeah. we don't want to be in a job for 15 years. The best thing, you know, I'm on a show that I love and I'm so excited to come back to every year. I do this best. for 10 years, but that's, it's also four months out of my year. It's yeah. not, you know, it's, if it was a network show of 22 episodes hour long where I got a month off every year, I might not be as excited, but I'd be fucking so rich yeah. I guess you don't care. <laughs> For me, the biggest issue is just I, I want to have fun. I just want to enjoy it. Like I've worked on some shitty shows, mm -hmm. but had so much fun that I'm like, I got paid and I had a blast. So fuck you if you don't like that show that I did. Totally. The experience of it is just as important. And sometimes you like once in a while you get a job that both pays you well, is a good experience yeah. and is like artistically interesting and you are proud of. But yeah. usually it's like one of those three. And uh, yeah, experience is big. I want to have a good time. I'm, so, I'm stoked that you guys have the show. Cause it's so... I've had that experience like years ago on a show and it's the fucking best. Like what was the show? Sarah Silverman show. Oh yeah. Where it's just like every single person I'm working with is awesome. I mean, I've been on your set twice and it's I had the best time and yeah. Yeah. I hope it goes for like another million years. Me too. <laughs> million years. Yeah. I, I also just, you know, I don't want to have to get another job. It's still hard to get jobs. I don't want to have to get another one. This one's great. <laughs> it's the worst when they, you're the worst. It's the worst when it, they come to an end and it's inevitably every show comes to an end, which is just even, Cheers came to an end. Seinfeld came to an end. So it's like Grey's Anatomy still on. 20, it is like uh, 24 episodes a year. And I think they are on season 12 or 13. I had no idea that show was... My, one of my best friends is on it. It's so I know still that. on the air? Yeah. I, I don't mean, have TV anymore. I don't have a TV. I mean, I have a TV, yeah. but I just... You just don't turn it on. I have <laughs> cable, so I just watch, use Apple TV. And, yeah. So yeah. I'm not aware of like... Anything that you aren't seeking out to watch. Yeah, unless yeah. it's like Game of Thrones or You're the Worst yeah. or... Uh, I gotta catch up on Game of Thrones. I read all the books, <sighs> and so I was that like stupid asshole who was like I mean the books are so much better and like I feel like they're missing the you know and um I was very 
uh, anti-Game of Thrones. But then it's been so long. Like, again, I can't do trivia. So it's been long enough that I've forgotten enough about the books that I can just take the series for what it is. And, and now I'm enjoying it again. Now, right? Where they're Yeah, I think past they're past. The yeah. Which is crazy. Um, uh, it's good. Yeah. I'm sorry you don't like Game of Thrones. No, I do. I know, I'm just giving you... <laughs> I'm just hassling. We're at an hour. All right. How about that? We don't need more than an you hour listen of to me. me bitch about theater for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love theater. I fucking... I would probably do it again. I'm just terrified of it. But again, like, don't we... And I guess I am turning into a hippy-dippy person. But, like, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Like, I am terrified of all these comedy shows that I get invited to do. And you know why I keep doing them and feeling terrible about myself afterwards? is because... I, they scare me and I'm like, well, just keep doing it until you figure out like why you're so freaked out or like, just get over yourself and try to enjoy it. Yeah. And I hope that someday I will. Who knows? I mean, I'm 47. I'm still chasing that dragon. <laughs> chasing the theater dragon? Well, the, the acting dragon. Yeah. Not every gig is awesome, but you got to pay your bills. Uh, I hope your show goes for 20 more years. Thank you. Thank and, you, Steve. Uh, thanks for coming I to my house. I hope to see you again in season three. <laughs> and thanks for... Uh, so people can find you uh, at Ayakash? No. They can, <laughs> they can find me at Maybe Ayakash. Maybe Ayakash. On the right. Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, which is just a dumping ground for my Twitter. So just don't Yeah, me bother. too. I don't, I don't I bother. Just, I don't even look at it anymore because it was so nasty. People were mean. It's the and worst. So I it's, just don't look at it. I'm surprised Facebook's the mean one because there's names attached. You'd think like the more anonymous, but I find Facebook to be like the most hurtful, most like pictures of dead babies and calling me uh, Hitler and the horrible shit. Oh my God. Yeah, we brought it back around to Hitler. Um, I got called Hitler when I talked about gun control and I was like, um, maybe don't, maybe, maybe, maybe take a different track to have this conversation. Um, <sighs> but uh, yeah, and I don't do the, Do you do the Snapchat? Yeah. I, I've turned into an old woman. I keep being like the Snapchat. The Snapchat. <laughs> I do. I have a, I mean... I do it oddly out of resentment. Like I hate my Snapchat. A lot of it is me making fun of other people's because it's everyone's Snapchat is them on a hike in Runyon mm -hmm. or just driving in their car to, or I just finished an audition and then just look, I have good hair from my audition. So I'm not missing anything. Don't get on. No. Oh my good. God. It's, it's horrible. Hear that, folks? She's not on Snapchat. <laughs> but follow Steve Ag on Snapchat. But follow me. I'm just at Steve Ag on Snapchat. And um, the new season... Do you have a start date for the new season? Yeah, new season will be on August 31st, I, I believe 10 o'clock. No idea what night of week that FXX. is. FXX. FXX. 1X below porn. Go watch it, you dickheads. Thanks, Aya. <laughs> Bye, Aya. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. 
Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. 